everybody, and welcome. Thank you for tuning me in in the 20th year of the KDK9 show here on MyTalk1071.com. And so hopefully you got some great questions for me today, and then I've got some good trivia for you today. And then also we're going to be talking about, should you send your dog off to be trained? Okay, the pros and cons, okay, of it. And we'll talk a little bit about that along with your questions. And then tomorrow, January 17th, you know what tomorrow is, uh, Rachel? No, I don't. Tomorrow is January 17th. Okay, and it would have been Betty White's 100th birthday. All right. All right. And now on my talk, they're doing a fundraiser for that for uh, canineinspirechange.org. And then also I want to put out there that uh, if you, uh, a a really good program that I really hope that you would uh, donate to in honor of Betty White is Patriot Assistance dogs.org patriot assistance dogs.org i have it on my facebook the kdk9 facebook page so you can go to that you know and then you'll you'll see uh, the link is there to send it to the patriot assistance dogs.org so if you would uh, choose to do you know just five bucks ten bucks whatever but the whole thing in in honor of betty white's that'd be great and then also for canine and inspire change they're an awesome organization holly who's here at the station uh, she's on the board of directors and uh, they're just super nice uh, over there too what they do they go into schools and 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 with people or kids that are having a hard time and such like that so so that's also a great organization you know to donate to i like to donate to the smaller things because a lot of times the bigger rescue groups and shelters and such like that they have a staff that can do fundraising and such but a lot of these really good organizations don't have the staff and they need the money to continue doing their great deeds so hopefully that you'll find it in your heart in honor of betty white's 100th birthday tomorrow uh january 17th is to donate to either patriot assistant dogs.org and what they do is they rescue dogs from shelters and then put training into them and then pair them with veterans that are dealing like with PTSD and such like that and so that's a, is they're just a great organization and then canine inspires change.org that's another one to go and they're both 501c3 so it's totally tax deductible so that'd be great and like i said if you're uh, on my facebook page katie canine facebook page um then uh, you uh, the links there for you if in case you're driving or whatever and can't write down the patriot assistance dogs.org or canineinspirechange.org okay and so please uh you know open your wallets i know everybody's having a hard time prices are going through the ceiling blah 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 the gas is going nuts groceries going nuts <laughs> but you know five bucks you know look, look at you take a hundred people five bucks hey that adds up pretty fast doesn't it so you know, you know just open your hearts open your wallets and that'd be fantabulous and anyway uh how did your week go this week this week anything entire and exciting um absolutely not actually it's pretty boring (laughs) and i can't believe it's already sunday again oh the week just flies by yeah welcome to my world i can't believe when i just said the word 17 is january it seems like the first of january was you know new year's day was like last week Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just flies you know the older you get you're gonna find that kiddo (laughs) it just seems like you close your eyes and all of a sudden you're 65 and you can get medicare (laughs) (laughs) 
But anyway, hopefully in between time you had a, a great, a lot of fun. So that's that's going to be a fun thing too. So anyway, so yeah, so the big thing is, is uh, should you send your dog to a professional dog trainer? Okay, folks, hold on to your wigs and tees. Okay, the, 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 the pros and cons. Okay, let's start out with the cons. <laughs> First of all, folks, whether you got a puppy, if you got a puppy, please, please do not send the puppy to boot camp or whatever type thing. Uh, even if it's for a week or two weeks, that's that part, that time from the time you get them eight, 10 weeks to, you know, six months is a huge bonding period. And the dog should be looking to you for direction. And I know they don't come with instructions, neither do two legged kids. But the whole thing is, is to get them to, you know, look to you for direction. And dogs don't do things for us out of love. They do things out of respect and trust that we have earned by working as a team. Now, I've been a dog trainer, and boy, this is hard for me to say, for 52 years. And this is the 40th year for Katie's Canine Obedience School up in Hugo. And the 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 biggest thing, that the secret that I'm some people get when they come to class is that I'm not a dog trainer. I'm a people trainer. It's the people that have to be trained. It's not the dogs. You, dogs are not robots. You can't just send them to me. I'm going to teach them. He'll sit down, stay, come. And then I'm going to work with you for a little bit. And then I'm going to hand over the, the leash. And then I can guarantee you the first week will be great. Oh, this is money well spent. And then the second week, all of a sudden things are going to start happening and back to the way it was. And because, once again, dogs, I cannot just program a dog and have it work for you. I've earned the respect and the trust. And this is so important for puppies because if the puppy gets in the wrong hands at a boot camp or whatever type thing, you could have, you could take a perfectly awesome dog that it was going to be and, and just knock it to its knees. You don't know what that person is doing with the dog when you're not there. The bigger thing that is uh, there's 24 hours in a day, correct? They have other dogs, not just your dog usually. They have maybe up to five, maybe 10 other dogs that they're working with. Okay, they might spend two hours a day with your dog, maybe, all right? But then the other 22 hours, what is the dog doing? <laughs> and so it's if you take the, the word isn't challenge, uh, take the task on to invite a dog into your home, whether it's a puppy or a rescue or whatever type of thing. It's your responsibility to be the teacher. You've got to think of the dog knowing Spanish and you know English. You got to learn a little Spanish and they got to learn a little English and you have to work as a team. It's not me, master, you dog. And so the whole thing is, is understanding the dogs. And a lot of people are like, they don't understand the dog. They have a hard time. They can't get them potty trained. They can't get them to sit. They're, they're, they're jumping, you know, the pup is jumping or the dog is jumping all over them. The kids, uh, those needle teeth of the puppy is shredding clothes left and right and shredding skin. And so you're, you're thinking, oh, geez, what did I get myself into? Well, you should have thought of that before you got the dog. But, but the whole thing is, is that you, I'm not blaming you as the owner sending them out. I'm saying I'm, what I want you to do is educate yourself and find a trainer that can work with you and your dog, not send them off. Because a lot of places you send them off for two, three, sometimes a month. And then, but the dog is earning the respect and trust of the trainer with some trainers. Some trainers are very heavy handed. You know, it's me, master, you dog. And so you can there again, take a good personality of dog and put it right into the, 
into a hole, pertinent, pertinent. And so that's why you wouldn't send your two-legged kid when he's uh, a year old out to be trained, potty trained, or a two, a one-year-old, a two-year-old, or a three-year-old out where you don't know what they're doing with your kid, your two-legged kid. So why would you do that with the four-legged kid? What you've got to do is you've got to learn. You got to un- in, you know empower yourself, read, uh, talk to, uh, uh, enroll in obedience classes, and and. And when you go to enroll in obedience class, you need to go sit in on a class. Just don't take a, a trainer around the corner from you. What you want to do is go sit in and see if you agree with how they train. Like, do they use treats? Do they use e-collars? What do they use? Okay, are you okay with what they do and how they do it? Is the trainer accessible with words? Uh, words, I mean, as far as can you ask them questions? You know, maybe not just what we're learning in class, but other questions. You know, only husband, only dog questions, though. No husband, wife, or kid questions. Okay, but the trainer should be very accessible and willing to work with you because my job as a trainer is to train you to teach you so you could be the best mom or dad for that four-legged fur kid that you got and so that I tell a lot of people that you know have you figured it out I'm not a dog trainer I'm a people trainer I've got to get you to understand how to get the best out of your dog and if you don't understand it you're having a lot of problems then don't send them off to be pot you know to be potty trained or to be trained not to jump or mouth or whatever you have to learn how, the tools and it's not just uh, whereas I show you uh, maybe two times and then you go home and do it. Okay, it's natural for me. I'm the trainer. So I've got my what we call timing. And so then what happens is that I can, uh, what do you want to call it? I burst the thought bubble of the dog because I, I'm watching his body language. I'm almost like reading his mind. <laughs> and that's what you've got to get. You know, our two-legged kids didn't come with, uh, you know, instructions. And we just kind of learned. We had to work with their personalities. We didn't send them away. Well, maybe somebody did. But anyway, but if you truly want a dog that's bonded to you, work together as a team. Don't send the dog off. And so that I, I don't have any pros on sending a dog out to be trained i don't have any pros to me it's all cons because the thing is is that again dogs are not robots you can't just program them and then you they you get them back and then you just say sit and they sit and you tell them not to jump they don't no dogs do things for us out of respect and love we've earned and so if you're an owner having problems and find a good trainer with around you and work with them so your dog and you can grow together as a team all right okay we're going to run to break so hopefully you got some questions 651-641-1071 651-641-1071 okay how many disney princesses have supernatural powers how many Disney princesses have supernatural powers? Two, three, five, or seven. We'll be back. Oh, thank you. Stay with the Katie Canine Show. I greatly appreciate it and sharing your Sunday afternoon with me. Okay, how many Disney princesses have supernatural powers? Um, hopefully, maybe Jason's listening. He's probably screaming, screaming it out right now. Okay, is uh, two, three, five, or seven? I'm going to go with two. Hey, ding, 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 ding. Okay. Although Disney uh, princesses movies are usually based on a story where, you know, characters have magic powers, the... The main uh, ladies rarely possess music or magical powers themselves. Uh, There are only two. uh, Can you guess which two it is? I feel like one of them is Elsa. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. But I 
can't think of the other one. Okay, the other one is Rapunzel. Rapunzel. Huh? Yep. Because oh, okay. Rapunzel was had a healing power, is what she mm-hmm. had. And then Elsa, wow, I'm impressed. Look at you. <laughs> and there you go. Some other princesses have abilities to talk to animals, which is not classified as a magic power. Okay, so now you know. Only two out of all the movies. Mm, and there's a lot. It goes yeah. back decades. Have you ever noticed that Disney takes out the mom and dad <laughs> at the beginning and yeah. the kids are always by themselves oh trying to figure things out? Yeah, they always you know, have some sort of childhood trauma. Right. And they look at uh, Lion King, you know, Bambi, mm-hmm. which is the very first one. Oh, you know, Bambi. you know, so it's just kind of like, okay, Disney. No. <laughs> <laughs> See, uh, just a side note to that, you know, what's... Uh, there is no pros sending your dog out to be trained. And the latest thing now is e-collars, and that's driving me over a tree. If the dog doesn't sit, dings. They zing them and now sit. That's, now the dog is working out of fear, not working out of looking to you for direction. You ask for a sit, they don't sit, you place them in the sit. Or that, you know, so the, the the only time I could ever see an e-collar, be, I'm not versed in them, but the only time that I would use an, an e-collar, just understanding dog behavior and just dog's personalities and such like that, is if uh, a dog ranges, you know, whereas let's say he's, you know, like 500 yards from you and you ask him to call, you know, you call him in and they just say, screw you, and then they start running the other way. Okay, then, you know, understand how to use an e-collar to, you know, not get, so they run, run away. But as far as, uh, yeah, for regular obedience training I, I'm, I'm sorry can't go there also too you know you some people just get so exasperated that you know, okay if i can't train them then i'm going to give them to somebody that can't you know that there again is educating yourself finding the right trainer to work with so that you can grow as a team okay hey we got open line 651-641-1071 who's up to bat we've got nancy who has some questions about getting a new puppy all right hi nancy Hello, Katie. How are you? Good, good. So you're thinking about or you got one? No, I'm picking him up on Tuesday. And Uh. you actually had helped me a couple years ago with our dog, Maisie, who unfortunately we had to put down. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, And so now I feel it's the time to get a new one. So he's going to be almost nine weeks old when I pick him up. Okay. I've been going back and listening to previous podcasts, trying to educate myself. I bought um, a couple books you recommended, nice. but I'm a little, I just want to make sure I'm, um, that I know about with the probiotics and the digestive enzymes. All right. Um, should I start those right away when I get them or is that something you gradually work into? Just, you know, don't, uh, you know, on the back of the probiotic or the canisters and such, it tells you how many pounds of dog and then what to give them. Okay, start out and, and work into what it says on the package over a week. But puppies really need the probiotic and the digestive enzymes because they're, they're okay, first of all, you know, they got weaned from mom. That's a stress factor. Then they have to adjust to eating, you know, regular food. That's a stress factor. Well, then all of a sudden they lose their mom and their litter mate okay that's a stress factor and then who are you and where am i that's a stress factor and then you start doing vaccinations or deworming that's all stress factors so if you start from the beginning with this you're going to be way ahead of the game all right so that's a good thing to start them on is a probiotic of the digestive enzymes right off the bat and what what brand do you recommend? Well, there's uh, I use different ones because they're not all made the same. You know, I'll yep. use one, and then if I got to use it again, then I'll uh, I'll get a different one. I like you can go to uh, healthypets.mercola.com yep. and go to pet products, and then vitalplanet.com. 
those have some very, they're very good that, you know, cause when you, when it says CPUs, colony per unit, you want billions. Okay. You don't want thousands. You want billions. And the more billions you got and the more strains you have, the better the product. Okay. okay. And then what about the digestive enzymes? I have one that I take. Yep. You can, can give, you give that. Yep. You can do that as yours in powder form or whatever it takes for a human. When it says in the human user, the rule of thumb is cut it in half for a dog. So they're just the, the gel, you know, it's the capsules with the powder inside of it. So I would just break that open and just give half. Yes. Yep. 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 Okay. And just, and as he grows and you can, you know, what kind of dog, you didn't say what kind you got? Um, it, he's a multi-she, so oh. multi-shitsu. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> be careful with that word <laughs> but anyway uh yeah you could just you can give you know half of what okay. you're taking you know type thing and then, and then uh, the other thing too that you want to is get them on some fish oil you know yep. see krill oil is the best because of small fishes or sardines you can do salmon but then you know buy small amount so then you can rotate maybe back into a uh, you know rotate that too you know like between salmon sardines krill such like that so like if i give them because i eat sardines for breakfast great give him a sardine i'm impressed can i I give him like half of a sardine when he when i first get them you bet yep how big is a sardine (laughs) oh they're little ones they're like you know, two inches long. Okay, okay. Good boy, I'll tell you, I saw a sardine. Somebody says I feed my dog sardines, and they brought it out to me, and I'm like, that's a fish. I'm thinking yeah. of, I'm thinking of sardines that are in the can. I didn't realize the size sardines do become. <laughs> so it's so funny. But, yeah, because you don't want to give them, the, like, a big honking sardine. That's his whole dinner. <laughs> but and then do I give them the, the I know that you're, I should, um, Rehydrate the the kibble, mm-hmm. Good. and I'm gonna get. I've already bought the Nutrisource food that I'm gonna work into. Yay, I don't yay. believe they use that. Um, but do I put the supplements in each time I feed them, or is it only once? No, a just day? once a day. Just once a day. Okay. And then now by rehydrating it, then when the food is soft, then you can put, you know, uh, uh, stir the the food and then put your supplements mm-hmm. in it and then stir it again. Okay. okay, or flip it, fold it, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, and then should I be doing apple cider vinegar? You can, you know, you could definitely do that a couple times a week. Mix that in, in with, you do like a half a teaspoon, uh, okay. you know, in with the food. So okay. don't put it in the water because it makes it water. Because dogs, you remember, eat and drink according to smellability. And they can right. smell that apple cider vinegar in the water and a lot of them won't touch it. So you okay. don't want that. All right. But and yet, then um, starting the raw food diet, like, mm-hmm. is that between... Four to six months old? No, you could start. You could add some of it in right now. You know, oh, t- you know, okay. yep. Yeah, you could start them off right now. You know, like a pinch here and a pinch there, just to get a. St- you know, you got to get. Don't do anything too fast, because yep. remember, he's just getting weaned off and getting used to kibble food or you know, not mom. You know, so don't do too many changes too fast. Just got to slowly move forward, and so that he, you know, that because the more variety you can do, the better. Right, and that's the problem we ran into with our other dog. I didn't know that you shouldn't be feeding them the same thing, and um, yeah, we. It, yep. That, no, I know, but yeah, see, we absolutely. we all learned. Uh, you know, forty years ago, I didn't know either. You know, I fed some really poor stuff. Now that I know it, but mm-hmm. that's just it. We all evolve. We learned, and so the next one that crosses our our stairway, our you know our threshold, we know how we can do it better, and then hopefully keep them uh, away from vets, <laughs> so because they're healthy. Right. Okay. And then can puppies eat adult dog food or should they only eat the puppy food? 
No, they, because if you look on the bags, nobody reads the bags. Okay, why don't you hold that thought? When we come back, we'll discuss okay. that, okay? So so don't don't hang up. Okay, what was the last thing shown on TV in the United Kingdom before World War II? Popeye, news, comedy show, or Mickey Mouse? We'll be back. All right, thank you for tuning in to the KDK9 show. Okay, what was the last thing shown on TV in the United Kingdom before World War II? Popeye, news, comedian, uh, comedy show, or Mickey Mouse? I'm going to go with the news. All right, news. Guess oh. what? When the U- UK stopped airing TV because of World War II, the last thing shown was a Mickey Mouse episode. What's more interesting that is that the the fact that Mickey Mouse was the first show to appear on TV in the UK after the war, and it was the same episode. Huh. That's something. Started Mickey Mouse. Who would have thought of that? Huh. Yeah, that's something. Oh well. Okay, we let's go on back to Nancy. Hey, Nancy. Hello. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Now, uh, if you read the the if you read like uh, on the packages, and a lot of people don't look, read the fine print, it, yep, I hear. right? It says "good for all life stages." Yep. And so, what isn't puppyhood a stage? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And, and when you've got okay. such a high, uh, you know, uh, source is such a high quality food that you, yeah, you can really, even though there are some that never mind. But anyway, but there's so, so you could feed any of their products to your pup. You can rotate okay, it in. Good. Okay. Can I ask you a rather lighthearted question? Sure. My son, he wants me to ask this. So he's a bodybuilder. He's, okay. Um, in his early 20s, he's big into protein. And he said he was looking at the bag of Nutra's. Source. He's like, oh, it's got a lot of protein. Can I eat it? Yeah. <laughs> Go for oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't make it a daily staple, but <laughs> uh, no, but no. Yeah. Um, but there so you go. If I so with the puppy, um, food falls on the ground if I'm making dinner, regardless if it's a piece of spinach or great for the dog. Potato chip. It's okay to let the dog eat it. You got it. You want him to be. Got, remember, dogs are put a. On Earth to be the cleanup crew, to be the scavengers, to yep. eat everything and anything and never skip a beat. And so that's why the worst thing we can do is to not let them eat everything and anything. And, and because it, we want to create, see, a dog's digestive system is really short. It's, it, it stays in the stomach very short because there's not much intestines. We have like about eight, uh, I think it's 60 or 80 feet of it, you know, intestines, whereas a dog is like three, four feet. Okay, so a deleted goes in the stomach, sits in there for a little bit, and then gets shot out. <laughs> okay, and so that's why it's really important that you, uh, you know, the the more you, the uh, variety you can give the dog keeps those good enzymes in there to be able to digest everything. And so that's why that's good, you know. Yeah, but the only thing is, you know, obviously raisins, grapes, onions, uh, you know, chocolate. Those are the things that you know if it falls on the floor, you know, pick it up first. But otherwise, no. If you eat spinach, awesome. You know, the more things, the more variety, the healthier the dog's going to be. Okay. Okay. And then um, just one. I'm I'm not um, in getting the vaccines and all that. I've done a lot of research, good. except for. Um, can you enlighten me with the rabies shot? Do they? Because I know that that's the required one. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Do they only need one, and that's it? Well, that's up to yourself. Okay. Uh, the book that you need to read is "Shock to the System." Shock, S H O C K, shock to the system, and then also that's by O'Driscoll, O capital D R I S C O L L. 
Yep. Okay, and then if you go to dogsnaturallymagazine.com. Yep. Or to that healthypets.mercola.com. And then yep. put in puppy vaccinations, all right? And then start reading. And then you make your decision that you're comfortable with. Okay. Okay. Because that's then, the, whole, and, the whole thing is to empower yourself and then make a decision. Right. And if anybody's pushy with you, I mean, you know, vets or whatever, you know, just say you don't want to take that into consideration. But for right now, I'm here for this. <laughs> okay. Because you want somebody that'll work with you on whatever, whatever you decide to do. Okay. So then if I do decide to get one of the va- uh, rabies shot, at what age is it like after six months would be best? I, I prefer the dogs myself. This is my personal opinion. Okay. To be about, you know, eight, nine months old and at least a month away from any other vaccinations because yeah. of sometimes the rabies will have a, you know, a back you know, uh, effect. And there is a remedy like Dr. Jessica Levy could help you out with that. If the, if the dog has a reaction to a rabies shot, there is remedies that can help pull the dog out of it. Okay. Okay. And then when I get the puppy neutered, um, should I be doing something in advance with, uh, you know, knowing that they're going to have anesthesia? Right. Um, Not necessarily because with a boy dog, it's just, I mean, they're out for about two seconds (laughs) because it's just a snip, snip, done. (laughs) You know, with girl dogs, they have to literally be put under because they got to be opened up. All right. So boy dogs, I don't worry too much. Uh, you know, because they're not under long enough. But if you already kept his system healthy, he's gonna. The whole system will take care of him. You okay. know, as far as with everything else that you're doing, the probiotics, digestive enzymes, good food, you know, and all that kind of fun stuff. Okay. Okay. And I'm I'm gonna sign up for puppy classes with you. Oh, nice. Um, so, because I don't know many people, um, we just don't have many um, people in our you know, close circle of friends that have dogs. Mm-hmm. Okay. So is that, you know, because I worry about the dog, the puppy being social with other, you know, just getting used to other dogs. Right. Um, and, and so that's why, you know, um, you know, if they're family friends, it, as long as the size doesn't make a difference when, when you're, you have a little munchkin, you know, what you need to need to do is what you, you know, find like a gentle dog, whether it's, you know, a Great Dane or whatever, something that the dog can just interact with for, you know, 10, 15 minutes. And then so that he's not afraid of his own kind. Okay. Okay. And then like with my puppy class, the first five, 10 minutes, we turn all the pups loose so they can get their social skills in because, you know, everybody thinks that dogs that be social has to meet every dog on earth to be social. No, all as long as they can have one or two good play, uh, play buddy, they're social, you know, that's outside of their pack. You know, if you, let's say you have a pack of six dogs and they're friendly with those, but that, you know, that's, it's different when you go outside your house and into the real world. Okay. Does, how is he? And so that's why if you've got family, friends, whatever, you know, uh, make sure you bring him to situations like that. Keep him on a leash. Bring him like over to the neighbors and to say hi and stuff like that. Take him on car rides, not just to go to the vet or to the groomer, just to go around the block and back again so that he sees car rides as a positive because that's your job here is that now the dog is going to have to be groomed, you know, so get him used to like putting him in the tub and then not necessarily get him wet just so that he will go in and go out and not be traumatized by it. You know, that's the whole thing. The more things you can introduce and help him through that builds confidence and then also what happens is that the the more the more confidence a little dog is a short dog is then the less barky they are okay okay yep okay all right well i'm proud of you kiddo thank you good luck and oh do you have do you have a name yet um, I do, but my daughter's standing right here, and I'm not going to say the name because they've been making fun of all the names I've been picking up. So. <laughs> well, you have to let us know once you get them. You could give us an update, I and then mean. we can tell us the name, okay? 
Okay, terrific. Thank you very Take much. Take care. Katie. I love your show. Thank um, you. You're a wonderful person. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. You bet. Have a great day or a great evening. There we go. Oh, that's so nice. It's nice when people say nice things <laughs> compared to people that say bad things. <laughs> Where are we at here? All right, we've got Laura on the line. She's got a question regarding her cat stool. Our cat stool, doo-doo talk, always good. Hi there. Absolutely, Katie. Thank you for taking my call. You betcha. I have acquired a cat in quarantine in 2020. Okay. She is now, as of this time, six years old, house cat, medium hair. Mm-hmm. Um, immediately when I got her, we had her on Nutrisource chicken and rice because mm-hmm. it was easy to pick up. And last fall of 2021, noticed that she wasn't drinking as much, um, still active, still happy. Um, At that time, I had taken her in for her first vet appointment, and they had recommended a higher fiber senior weight management. So we've been trying that because she was having some stool problems the end of of fall. What does stool Um, problem mean? Water over her kibble. Yeah, but what does stool problems mean? What does she do? Um, Yes. So... She will have dry, almost petrified stool just in the beginning of one episode. So it may be a little bit dry in the front half and in the back half that comes out is normal. Mm -hmm. You know, I I would consider normal. But it it happens every time that there's dried, you know, petrified type um, stool in there. Um, Like I said, most time it's completely normal in with the dried. Occasionally it's dried and all dried in that um, stool episode. Okay. um, had tried some Miralax. She grew up and still continues to have access to coconut oil that she likes. Okay. I thought maybe that would be helpful as well, too. But um, she's, with the stool episode, I've been ner- nervous about taking her into another vet because the vet I have only seen with her really wanted to push, you know, extra medication, right. extra stuff. And I'm, I'm trying to keep her as natural as possible. So right. Do you have any Yeah, anytime... Anytime a dog, ha- or dog, a cat has any part of a stool is dry, that tells you they're not getting enough moisture for to compensate for the dry matter they're taking in. That's why total indoor cats need to be in a total grain-free canned food along with some raw. No dry kibble whatsoever because it has more carbs in it. Cats have a total no-carb need. They just eat bird's mice. End of story. All right. And so that's why um, you're better off to get her on the grain free can, get her off some chicken. You know, Nutrisource is great. They got seven um, grain frees that have no chicken in it because a lot of duck cats, as they get older, most of your cat foods have uh, have chicken in it. And some cats start getting allergies to the chicken. And so okay. then that creates a whole nother problem. So that's why. Um, and then, like, if you have raw hamburger, drop yep. a pinch down for her. If you're cutting up some raw chicken, drop a pinch down for her. You know, cats take change very hard. So sometimes you it's all about pre- keep presenting it, and eventually they'll try it. And then eventually yep. they do want more of it. And then eventually it gets better and better. And so that's why, um, but like I said, when they have any part of their stool is dry, that tells you, even you said now, did you, you put water on the food? I put water on the food. Sometimes she'll come and just drink the water. Otherwise, she will eat it after it's been rehydrated as well, too. So. Okay, yeah, because that definitely helps. But that the, the dry food has to be totally rehydrated, okay? okay? Cats lick their food. They don't technically chew their food. That's okay. why cats like uh, cat food that's kind of like round and small because they lick it. They don't really chew it. And then okay, so. the younger ones do, but not the older ones. They just prefer to lick more. But okay. if you get them on the grain-free and some raw, 
straw and such like that, then you're going to notice that she's going to get enough moisture in her system that her okay. do her stools will be just fine. And then it, it's not a question. And the, and the extra virgin coconut oil, proud of you. That's going to make a beautiful coat, and that's going to help keep any inflammation in the gut out. So that very okay. proud of that. And so it's just uh, because usually cats that have been fed a total dry food. Uh, um, if like from being a kitten, usually it's about six, seven years old, and then eight to nine, ten years old, they start having either re- renal problems, you know, urinary mm-hmm. uh, UTIs, uh, and then sometimes crystals, and so and that's all caused by feeding dry food dry and not getting enough moisture. And a cat cannot. When I see a cat drinking water on a regular basis, I'm hitting the panic button because cats aren't meant to drink water like we do, you know, like dogs and we do. They when they because they get their moisture from what they eat because they hit, you know, cats, all cats, even our pretty little pretty cats come from um from uh uh, Africa, okay, where there isn't any water. <laughs> they got to get the moisture from what they eat, which is, you know, birds, mice, whatever type thing, okay? okay? And so they don't have that little dinger in their head. I just ate a whole bunch of dry food. Now I need to drink a, a whole bunch of lo- a lot of water. And usually they don't start drinking the water till their pancreas is having a hard time breaking down the dry, ma- dry matter, okay. all right? So that's okay, so, that's the better yeah. thing to do. It's not the meds that you need. Yeah, and then plus, if you can put a, a little bit of canned pumpkin, you know, in there, uh, yeah. like a half a, you know, like a teaspoon or something. You know, like there again, cats take change. Uh, there's a thing that they have out for dogs, but you can use for cats too. It's called Firm Up. Firm Up. And what it is is powdered uh, pumpkin. So you can kind of mix it in with the canned food or such like that. And so there's just a lot of little things that you can do, but that's, that's the thing. She doesn't need, you know, drugs or anything like that. She just, she just needs to, and then like on the can, they'll tell you for like a 10 pound cat, you know, feed a can uh, twice a day. Wrong. I find that the average cat will, a half a can in the morning and a half a can at night will will work for the average cat or three quarters in the morning or three quarters. It just depends. And, And you can go from there. Okay. Yeah, thank you on that. So get rid of the dry, switch her over to can. Yep, and some raw and stuff like that. Yep, yep. Just just do baby steps. Um, If you're if she refuses, she's carb addicted, and she's like, give me back those carbs, (laughs) give me my potato (laughs) chips. Then what you do is just take like a a tablespoon of the canned, put a little bit of warm water with it, and mix some of the dry in with it, and then slowly the dry becomes less and less, and the can becomes more and more. My the one cat that was carb addicted was my bub. When I rescued him, he was 38 pounds, and he would not eat dry canned food to save his butt. And it took me a month and a half to get him totally over to the grain-free canned and the raw. Yep, junk food. Okay. You bet. Thank you for taking my call, Katie. You bet. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, I ran over how as I usually do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't hit me. Okay. Largest land mammal in the United Kingdom is... A lynx, a roe deer, a red deer, a wild boar. We'll be back. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Katie Canine Show. You can catch all my past shows at uh, mytalk1071.com. Uh, go to the Katie Canine page. And also, now in honor of Betty White's 100th birthday, even though we lost Betty a couple weeks ago, um, tomorrow's her 100th birthday, uh, mytalk1071.com is raising funds to go to canineinspiredchange.org. So you can go to my talk and learn more about that, canineinspiredchange.org. Uh, also, that I'm uh, on my Facebook page, Katie Canine Facebook page, I want to try to raise some money in honor of Betty White for Patriot Assistance. 
assistancedogsin.org. So if you can go to Katie Canine Facebook page, then you can, uh, there's a link there to donate in honor of Betty White. Whether you got five bucks, ten bucks, a hundred bucks, whatever, it all adds up. We work together as a team. Okay, the largest land animal in the UK, um, United Kingdom is a lynx, a roe deer, R-O-E deer, a red deer, R-E-D deer, or a wild boar. What do you think? I'm going to go with red deer. Ding, ding, ding. All right. All right. Now, I asked you, on 190, they weigh up to 190 kg. Okay, so you said that transfers into how many pounds? 418. 418 pounds. That's a big animal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm That's a big deer. <laughs> there you go. Now you know. All right. Okay, where are we at? All right, we've got Cassandra on the line, and she has a puppy with some crusty ears. Crusty ear puppy. Hi, Cassandra. Yeah. How you doing? Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, good. My daughter's name is Cassandra. Oh, cool. But I spell it different. <laughs> I spell it K-A-Z-A-N-D-R-A. That's cool. Yep. I know I always wish my mom spelled mine with an O because I'm Cassandra. Yep. Okay. That's Okay. So, thank you. I've learned so much from you. Well, thank you. my animals. It's awesome. Yay. Now, what kind of pupper do you have? He um, is a rescue, and they told us they think he's lab retriever and pit bull. Okay. And how old? Oh, he's probably seven or eight years. Yes. Okay. Okay. So then, what's what's happening with the ears? Um, I took him to the vet. Um, she asked me what I tried, and I told her that. And then um, she said, "Well, stop doing that, and let's just see how it goes." And it's not going away. And he, they're sore. Like if we bump him or anything, he yelps. Okay. And. I just, I don't know what to do. So what what does the inside of the ear look like? Does it smell like yeasty? It's not, nope, nothing on the inside. It's just the tips of his ears. Oh, okay. So it's like yeah. the ridge of his ears, correct? Yep, yep. yep. It's all crusty. Okay, well, what I learned from uh, Dr. Levy, the holistic vet, that's yes. from over-vaccinations. Is okay. If they get that crust around the outer ear. What you could do is take some extra virgin coconut oil. And just okay. gently kind of, you know, go along the edges with it, okay? And okay. just do that every so often. That will help it. And believe it or not, my Zelda, when I got Zelda, she had the crusty ears, and I, that's how I learned about it. <laughs> and okay. so that, okay. that crustacean around the edge of the ear, uh, ears are due to vaccine-related as far as uh, it's a, basically it's a reaction is what it is for over-vaccinated animals. Okay. okay. So the, um, don't sit and pick on them. Don't sit the don't pick it. Say again? The hyperkeratosis? No, I'm not familiar with that. Oh, okay. I guess it's just something they can have on the ends of their ears. Right, because that's that... what the doctor said it could be. Okay. Because we, we don't, I haven't had him vaccinated since he was little. Nice. He's just in the house and we don't, Good. I don't like it, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Yep. And so what you just so, got to do though is now don't pick at that crust. Everybody no. wants to pick at stuff, you know? Right. So just get some extra virgin coconut oil and just massage okay. the tip of his ears, you know, at least okay. once a day. You know, just kind of go around, but don't pick it, all right? And just see how that goes, all right? All right. Because, like I said, that was from my Zelda, and she had those crusters on, I want to say, probably two or three years before all of a sudden. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, they just got less and less and less. 
then her ears are fine. So I don't know. It could be a lot of things. Remember, I'm not a vet. I'm just going from right. what I've yeah. learned, you know, yeah. through the years. Yeah. And so, you know, you can, that hypertosis that you just mentioned, you can look it up online and, and see what yeah. that, what that says. And if it she's. It says you can manage the symptoms. It never goes away. And I was just hoping you'd have the okay. magical thing because well, we're great at this. Well, thank you. But I would do the extra version <laughs> coconut oil because that's a, okay. you know, that help heals so many neat things. But yeah. you can't just do it once. I would do it for the next two weeks every day once yes. a day yep. and then start seeing how and see how that goes okay okay yes, okay i'll do that all right thank kiddo you so much well, have a good night you too keep us posted yep. on it okay i will yep, thank bye-bye. you bye-bye yeah that crusty thing that goes around the ridge of the ears uh my zelda that was she's a boxer great dane she had it when i first got her and so and i wanted to pick at it is you know it's like a scab i want to pick that off and then uh dr jess Le- dr levy's is says don't do that mm-hmm. and so it's like okay i got it i got it all right okay who, oh, how much time we got left we've got about a minute okay well what do we why don't you tell the caller uh, who, who's i can't see the name well, we've got Deb. Deb. Okay, Deb, hold on, because when we get back from the top of the hour, then you're going to be first up in line. I don't. I hate to just you know talk for thirty seconds. Oh, we yeah, got just to introduce them. Yeah, <laughs> right. So I did with it, and that just leaves me again. Now, you heard the earlier the the commercial for uh, pet cremation mn dot com. You know, John Watterson that, that owns that down there, the, folks. If you have to, unfortunately, have to make the decision that and you know put your best kid down. You know, they will come. Um, they have come out. They have vets that come out to the house and will do it at your home. And then they will take care of all the arrangements as far as the cremation and, and that. And then, or if you bring, let's say you have to, uh, the, something happens at the vet and the dog dies, uh, they you call up uh, petcremationmn.com and John and staff, they'll come out and pick up the pupper right away or the animal, you know, any animal. Uh, it could be a goldfish, whatever. <laughs> but uh, they they, are, they run a phenomenal business, and you really need people don't realize a lot of times that their animal, their pet, goes in the freezer with a whole bunch of other pets, and then you know again they'll go down to a, like a like a mass cremation. But John treats and his staff treats every every one of those uh, their their clients with just uh, it's unbelievable how how just caring they are. So anyway, so give John a call down there at Pet Cremation MN dot com okay which animal can see above itself which animal can see above itself a rat an owl a cat or a dog we'll be back